Welcome back to the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Pachuto, and I'm very excited to have my buddy Castro Frank on with us tonight. Castro, how you doing, my man? Everything's crazy, bro. How are you? Oh, I'm so good, man. I'm so very excited to have this conversation. Can you give a quick introduction to the listeners? Yeah, yeah. My name is Castro. I'm actually based in Los Angeles, born and raised. Um, I've been an artist for over 15 years now. The majority of my work is photography, but I also dabble in like painting and that good stuff. But my focus mainly is, is, has been in photography for the last 15 years. That's awesome. Can you give me a little insight to the beginning of your career 15 years ago? Sort of like what got you started? What made you get into it? You know, the whole nine yards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it kind of, I, I can't really dive into that quite yet because the story goes back further than that. Let's hear it. Um, yeah, so basically, I, you know, was raised in LA, and the part of LA where I was raised, it was predominantly gang-related. Um, I saw a lot of, you know, crazy shit going up, growing up uh, with gangs and drugs and all that good stuff all around me. So, art wasn't necessarily introducing me as a as a means of of becoming an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and even even before that, I never even imagined it. I didn't know what an artist was. I didn't know what photography was. Um, obviously I always thought that that was somewhat of a profession that you'd see on TV or something like that, but never imagined becoming an artist. Mm-hmm. And, um, all of that kind of, you know, it, it fell on my lap because I really didn't have, um, a way out of the environment where I was growing up. And a lot of it was being kind of like, you know, growing up, you're being, you're kind of being pigeonholed into a, a, a tough spot where you had to make choices and. And um, it was either going to be gang life because a lot of my homies were a part of that, or it was going to be um, graffiti and art because a lot of my other homies were a part of that too. Mm-hmm. So I chose the art route. And um, I remember, you know, being into graffiti at a young age and I always had a disposable camera. And I obviously, if you knew, if you know graffiti, a lot of times back then there was, there was no digital cameras. You couldn't really, you know, excuse that. You couldn't even uh you couldn't really snap photos and post it on on anywhere <laughs> exactly it was yeah. just like you have to sort of remember remember it by using a disposable camera and that's a lot of times a lot of graffiti artists would carry those around but i never really imagined it more than that i just thought it was a, a tool to use to capture that moment and like a kodak moment yeah so it's like and, one of those things where you would take a picture because you didn't know if the piece would last at all exactly oh yeah nice but I remember when we got arrested, I was about 17. And I remember the police officer finding the camera. And I literally blamed it that I was the person just snapping photos for the graffiti, that I wasn't doing graffiti. So, How'd um, that work out? It didn't work out. I went to jail. <laughs> um, I was for the weekend in jail. That wasn't fun. So, yeah, it was one of those things where, like, you know, uh, it, it was all fun until you got caught. And the police obviously didn't buy it that I was a photographer or anything like that. And um and yeah it, it was kind of like after that experience i really started to realize that i was definitely um not headed in the right direction a uh, graffiti was amazing it's an amazing way to express yourself and i support it still and i still a lot of my friends are obviously still involved in a lot of crews and stuff and that's always going to be a part of my life but for me um i kind of like it was more internal because i saw my you know a lot of my peers a lot of family uh they were definitely going the wrong route um people in prison that I knew and um, I, I come with, you, you kind of, kind of almost accept the fact that your life isn't ahead that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was more for my mom because of course, like, you know, 
she came to this country as an immigrant and uh, she wanted to, she wanted us to have a better life, better than she ever had it, of course. And uh, she had, you know, big dreams for us. And of course that was all part of like, you know, going to school and everything like that. And unfortunately I didn't get to finish um, high school. I dropped out at an early age. And then, you know, I just worked most of my life, but I came to the, to the, to the point of, of my life where I'm like, okay, I got to kind of switch up things a little bit. And I decided to, um, you know, pursue somewhat of the art. Um, and I, I, I dove into photography just kind of head on. How old and, were you? Uh, how old were you when you made that decision? I was at that time, I, I believe I was about like 20 years old, 19. Mm -hmm. maybe. Yeah. And, um, I moved, I moved, actually I had to move out of the state. So I moved to Vegas, um, which a lot of people don't know the story really, but I moved out to Vegas and I met a girl there oh, wow. and she was, she was from Iowa. And so she ended up moving back to Iowa and she invited me. And of course I had, there was nothing holding me back. I had nothing really, I didn't really have a place that I called home or anything like that. So I ended up going there and I uh, was doing construction one time in the middle of winter. It was like, the worst <laughs> miserable yeah in iowa yeah, yeah. crazy and i remember doing construction in the one part of this massive building and this woman in a suit came up and she asked me if she if i knew where, where i was drilling or what i was working on and i said no i had no idea and she explained that it was gonna be a photo lab and she invited me to um apply for a job as a photo tech so oh, wow yeah it was pretty crazy i, I wasn't <laughs> even I, I i never developed film i never worked with any sort of you know medium format or anything um where it had to be in a lab or a lab coat or anything like that and so yeah she ended up hiring me and that was my, Isn't my that first like job. that is some wild serendipitous shit right dude i i always felt and i think back now i always felt like art was a calling like it chose me for uh, for a reason and i don't know i think obviously it's to create into you know i guess uh you know show the world a little bit of a little piece of, of where I come from. And, and, um, you know, but yeah, since I was young, I remember these little moments where like my cousin one time I was in Disneyland with her as she brought, she, I was like 14 or 13 or something like that. And she asked me to take a photo and like, I posed all crazy. Like, you know, like you, you see those, those memes that people make fun of photographers. And do these crazy <laughs> poses. I did one of those. And she was like, you know, you're really good. You, you could, you should be like a photographer. And I was like, I didn't know what the fuck that was, right? So that was then, but then kind of like piecing everything together, right? So I have like the Disneyland situation, then I have the cop situation with the camera. And then years later, I become a photo tech at a photo lab and I meet this super old dude and he's like, he used to come and develop his film. And I always pointed out his, his uh, some like just, I guess his subjects and how cool his compositions was and he always thought I had a good eye. He's like, you know, you should be a photographer. If you're not a photographer, you should be when you have a good eye. And he he said I should buy a camera. And so I ended up buying his film camera. And um, yeah, I never looked back from that, man. It's kind of where it started. Dude, that's wild. I mean, that, so I have sort of like a similar background where as a kid, you know, I hadn't realized as a kid, I shot a lot of disposable cameras. I'm talking like, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh grade, like before, you know, the first digital cameras, like the cool pics came out, the Nikon cool pics. Remember those little yeah, things? Yeah, I remember those. Yeah. So, like, so before those came out, I shot like a lot of disposables. Like, so I, and I just found this out, like, I want to say a year ago when my parents sold their house, I was like going through all my old shit and I found like all of these three by five 
you know, prints. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, what? These are all pictures of my friends. I was like, who took these? And my mom was like, oh, John, you used to make me buy like two disposable cameras a week. I go, you know, that whole part two years ago when I had no idea what to do with my life and I went on this cross country journey to sort of find myself. Maybe you think that would have been like a good time to like drop that knowledge on me and like let me know that, you know what I mean? But it sounds to me like you had like this sort of like serendipitous sort of relationship with the art. Um, and what, what was that process like? Like, so you get the job in the film lab, you're now, you know, working in the lab and when does like your art sort of come into play with that sort of step and moment in your life? Well, yeah, I, you know, I always kind of like, I always imagined myself, um, you know, photographing what was real to me and kind of like remembering moments of my childhood and where I come from. It's something that I never forget because it really made a huge part of who I am. Mm-hmm. today and um I, I i just i started documenting um you know things that i relate to and i was like that's when i i moved back to la at that time and everything else but oh actually not even then even in iowa we went to chicago one time i remember this this is in 2003 or something like that 2004 maybe the years are not adding up but i know it was around 2003 mm-hmm. and we went, we went to chicago and i started to immediately like I, I it resembled home because I'm like, oh, this is like, you know, I remember like kind of like the city and the just the, the, the fast paced life. Obviously, Iowa has no fast paced life <laughs> at all. So you can imagine that. Like that was a, definitely a huge, like, you know, um, yeah. shock for me. But being in Chicago is like, man, this kind of feels like LA a little bit, obviously, because of skyscrapers and stuff like that. But then even more of the city folks where there it was more of a melting pot of cultures and like all pe- people from all, all walks of life and I can relate to that, you know? And so I started to photograph like street, the streets, like the landscapes, um, some disenfranchised individuals, you know, um, I don't know who they were, but I was just kind of like intrigued by it. And so that immediately caught my eye. And I think that, I, I think that was a moment where I felt like, okay, like I, if I'm going to pick any side of photography, I want it to be more of like the documentary side. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I moved back to LA and I just dove into the streets and I started to photograph um, you know, shoes on the wires and, you know, uh, burned down buildings or, you know, like no trespassing signs and section eight type of, you know, uh, landscapes and the projects and like, yeah, stuff that I just related to and that, that was real to me, you know, like I was photographing my truth. I didn't go into, you know, LA and start photographing like Hollywood or Beverly Hills or anything like that. It was more like, all right, I gotta, I gotta make sure that I, I can relate to this type of shit, you know, like not just make art to make it but to really like speak my truth and so i was attracted to street photography at that time yeah i didn't know it was street photography really yeah dude i think that's beautiful i think you know it's funny how when so i i started doing street photography as well probably maybe like a a a couple months before i lost my job i got really into it um bottle like m6 you know drove fully deep into the rabbit hole right and There's something about documenting your life in a way that exhibits the things that people see but ignore. And to me, there's something wonderful about taking the mundane and trying or being able to create beauty out of it. Um, When you like when you originally got industry photography, did you have people who inspired you in the art? Did you have people that you looked up to? Man, honestly, there there was this gay member that I remember who I looked up to when I was a kid. And I always remember him because, like, 
he was a dope dude in, in the streets and like he had the lokes on and you know the creased up you know dickies or doctors at that time and uh he was just a badass dude smooth looking cat and i just like i always liked his hustle he was a humble dude but re very well respected as well and his name was dreamer and he was from this gang called Glanton. and that's kind of the neighborhood where i was raised but i remember this dude very much and i always ask about him too um but i he was like my hero when i was a kid and i i don't know if it's like it wasn't very art artistic but it was also inspiring because we didn't have superheroes and shit that we looked up to you know like i didn't have I didn't want to be like my dad because my stepdad raised me. I don't want to be like him. I felt like he was an asshole at that time. But I, I mean, I love him. He, I think without him, I would definitely be in gangs and I would have definitely been into a lot more trouble than I was. But, um, you know, I, I, I definitely feel like we didn't have a lot of good role models growing up, except, you know, the hustle for my mom and that sort of thing. But um, in, in, as far as art goes, my cousin was an inspiration when I was young. He was a graffiti writer also respected in the graph community and um but no i wouldn't say people like now i'm inspired more by artists than i was before sure if that is a question you know yeah i'm super curious about so like you know at the time when you're back in la and you're like you know going through ups and downs right gang life and rough neighborhood and stuff did any I mean, number one, there had to be some element of danger to documenting that kind of stuff, right? So, like, you're inherently putting yourself in harm's way, number one. And then number two, when you put yourself behind the camera like that, is it did it feel sort of like an escape, like uh, putting yourself outside of the, the environment a little bit? You know, I think it, it kind of was a sense of, like, I, I think I, it felt like I was doing an important job of documenting um, the truth, you know, and... And I never felt like I was in danger, really. I didn't feel out of my element. I never, I think if anything, it was on the contrary. I felt more like I was a part of the community. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I can relate to this person um, if we're talking on a struggle base or if we're talking on like, you know, just living that same walk, that having that same kind of walk of life, like we've, we've experienced together. We could talk about it. We could relate about it. We could re relate about certain topics. But I never felt like I was in danger or I never felt like, you know, I was out of place. I always felt very uh, respectful towards anybody that I approach. And I think that's something that like, honestly, I, it was embedded in me by my, by my mom for sure. Mm -hmm. But also about the streets too, like you respect people and uh, you know, you, you don't, you don't like, you don't cross boundaries and like, you know, you know, you know when it feels wrong when you're crossing that fine line and you just know, okay, I think I'm overstepping and like, totally. you know, you know when to retract. So yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, um, yeah. I'm wondering a little bit about how your process sort of unfolds at that time in your life and your career, right? So like talk to me about your need and your want to create. Um, it's something that I feel very strongly about now as a full-time photographer where like if I go like say three, four days without shooting, like I just am, I, I'm like mad, right? I'm miserable. I'm like, yeah. Jesus Christ, I can't do the thing that I love to do. Um, so talk to me a little bit about what that process was like at that moment in your career. And then like, obviously moving forward into the future. You know, honestly, I think that once I, I found, you know, photography as an outlet of, again, documenting, um, what I felt was tr the truth for me. Um, I never saw it like, I never saw like, oh man, I had to go out and create. Like, I, I think I feel that now more than ever. Like before I didn't, at that time, it wasn't, I didn't, again, I wasn't thinking about an art career. I wasn't thinking about 
you know, what an artist is like a full rounded artist is about. Like I only thought that I was just out there kind of like, you know, clicking away and, and composing images and creating images that I thought was like, oh, this is dope. Like I'm going to remember this moment or like, you know, I met this guy and, and you know, he was he had a crazy ass story and like, I want to remember it. But it was never like about like, I, oh, I'm, I'm going to go out and create or it was like something on my agenda that I had to go do. It was something like just I can't explain it, man. It was like it was a part of my life. I feel like I, I had to do it. Like yeah. there, it was it was like going to the gym, you know, yeah. like it was built it inside. Like, yeah, yeah, it didn't feel like I was kind of like I needed to escape. Like I know I know what you mean, though, but like, I, I, I'm trying to like really, um, you know, uh, put like formulate a, the right expression of how to really tell you like. I don't, I never thought about it like, um, like a way of, of having to create. I never thought about it like a profession or, or, you know, having a title. Like, I didn't really care about that stuff. I think it was more about like, you know, just an innate desire to, to make photographs. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just going out and and just doing it because I I wanted it to, like, there's really no other way, you know. I think that's, I think that's beautiful. I think, you know, that's come to me super late in life and, and, and a lot, I, I, I unfortunately have a knack for telling people how jealous I am of them to have been able to found this, find this thing that I love so much earlier in life. Um, because it's just such a beautiful, it's made my life infinitely better in ways that I can't possibly articulate or measure. And, and for that, I'll always be sort of jealous of people who've been able to sort of stumble upon it at an earlier life. Um, talk to me about like what the, the career has been like, right? So, you know, the early days of Instagram and creating tainted mag and sort of like what your whole sort of social media experience has been like and, and how you've sort of evolved yourself as an artist over the last few years. Yeah. So again, you know, I think that once I started to realize that, you know, people were calling me a photographer, people were saying that I was an artist or introducing me as one, I started to look at it more like, okay, this is, this is really dope. I I always wanted to be like a cinematographer. That was kind of like what I always wanted to do to like be able to tell a story in a different way. And like, I always thought film was beautiful. And, um, of course, like I was always inspired by like television, Mm -hmm. um, and just the way things were just kind of like you were able to remember certain like a nostalgic moment where you put yourself in this moment and you think oh yeah i remember i can relate to that and um i always thought i want i wasn't to be a cinematographer that's kind of what i was going for i never want to spoke for anything like that but i think that once i started to really like take the the, the role of, of a photographer um and become a professional was when like i, I remember one time i was working at a hotel as a bus as a uh, as a bellman and um i was grabbing this girl's luggage one time i was super late at night and um she flew she had flown in from new york and i was helping her with her bags and you know i, I take her to her room but i was i was actually being really cool with her and i just like i, I liked her style that she looked like an artist you know and so i just simply said that i'm like you look like an artist i'm like are you an artist and she's like no i'm actually not and uh she was like, no, I'm actually, you know, I'm just, I'm not an artist, but are you an artist? And I'm like, hey, I'm a, I'm, I'm a photographer. And I just said it like that. And she's like, oh, I'd love to see your work. And um, I shared my work with her. And uh, she was like pretty much floored by her expressions. And um, the next day she was looking for me, but I was off work. And then the, the following day when I come to work, you know, there's a note left in the, in the front desk. And my manager said, this lady was looking for me. Like she really wants to talk to me. And um, so I waited for her and we got a chance to chat and she ended up being a set director for CBS. Holy shit. And uh, 
she wanted to buy my work for a show that she was doing um, called Vegas, which was like taking place in, in Las Vegas, like in the 1950s um, or something around that era. And so my work for her really reflected like the 50s and some of the ways that I was, I was composing images with film. And you, I was at that time I was shooting expired Ilford film. Mm-hmm. And that was like my favorite film to shoot because the, the, the blacks are so black and like, it just looked so grainy and it was beautiful, you know, it had, you know, you didn't know kind of what you would expect from it. And so she bought, we got in contact and she bought like, I think 15 pieces for oh, the sure. show. And I think at that time, man, I felt like that's when I was like, okay, like, I think I'm professional now. Cause I'm like selling my, I'm selling my work to CBS. Yeah. That, that's legit, you know? Yeah. You know, Dude, again, like, like, I'm sorry. That is serendipity right you're fucking pulling someone's bag up so their room late at night like you could have easily been on break you could have easily been off that day like serendipity man that's fucking awesome and i honestly think i photographed um i used i i photographed those images i think it was like on a pentax uh k1000 and um i think like it was like what 100 bucks or something like that but i made these 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 photos and like yeah she loved them and like that was like, dude, I mean, that for me was like, shit. Like I went home that night and I'm like, okay, I'm a, I'm an artist. You know, like I got to, I had to put a website together. I did the whole nine, man. But I felt like that was the first time I got a real big taste of like success. Of course, I had been paid for little small things here and there, but, you know, just to shoot stuff like model or something like that, but nothing to that caliber where it's like, okay, like the big times want your work. I think that's, you know, it says something about what you're doing. Dude. And so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, uh. I've had the benefit of I've I've sold some prints in my life, um, actually a, a fair number. I've sold some NFTs. I don't think there's anything, you know, getting hired for work is great, right? Like being seen as valuable to a brand, to uh, an agency, to whoever is great. I don't think anything compares to someone saying, "Hey, I want to buy your photograph and hang it in my room, right, in my apartment, in my house, in my home." Like that feeling is irreplaceable in 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 the context of the career um for sure um are you like uh an everything happens for a reason kind of person yeah i think i am i 100 percent. well i always i'm not super religious but i do have strong relationships with god and i always feel like god is always looking out for me bro like in this weird way you know like we have these interactions where i'm like damn like i just prayed about that you know like or this happened because of that but I also do feel like, like, you know, everything does happen for a reason, for sure. I agree. And, you know, in, in the two just glaring instances of, you know, I work in construction in Iowa and the building I'm building is a photo lab, right? And then, like, I'm yeah. pulling the bags of a person to their to their hotel room and they're a set designer for CBS and they buy 15 of my pieces. I mean, that is a pretty glaring, you know, view of the universe telling you, hey, Castro, knock knock yeah. knock you know right yeah and it, it, and honestly it didn't even end there I, mean, I had another crazy situation where you know like um so at that time and again i was shooting with a hundred dollar camera this film and um i remember having like a nikon d40 and i think it was like at that time that was my first digital camera and it was like this shitty little digital yeah. nikon camera you know but i was doing cool things with it it was nothing special it had a built-in flash and everything like that, but I had an exchangeable lens, and I thought, "Oh shit, I'm professional," you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it came it came with a bundle like of a 
200 millimeter lens, 7200. Yeah. And so I thought I was killing it. Like, yo, I'm crushing it, bro. I got a sick camera. Like, I'm set, you know? But that didn't take me like, very far because I think it was like 16 megapixels or something crazy. <laughs> yeah. like, it was yeah. nothing. That was big back in the day, though. I was big back then, yeah. But, dude, it got better. Like, working in this hotel, this fucking guy that was a, 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 a photographer for True Religion wow um was staying in a hotel and he was from denmark i think and his card was declining and he became a friend after a few days and he said to me like we had the hotel had to lock him out of the room because he couldn't you know pay for anything and all his shit was in a room and he said to me you have can i borrow money and i'm like i don't got money for you to fucking borrow my bellboy you know like i got no money yeah he goes uh do you know anywhere where i can sell my camera he had a 5d mark mark ii mm-hmm. at that time that was the hottest camera yeah top the of the camera. line top of the line bro dude he sold his camera to me for 400 dollars huh. with a fucking uh l series lens which was like that was 24 to 70 millimeter l series lens that whole thing was like at least 3600 dollars at that time and he sold it to me for 400 dollars and i went and i asked my ex-girlfriend at the time please let me borrow money and she let me borrow 400 bucks <laughs> and i got it and bro, like ever since then, I was just crushing it with that. Like street photography on like crack. I was out there killing it, capturing everything. I was selling prints. I, dude, it really blew up. At that time, I felt like, okay, I'm legit as fuck. Now I can also do cinematography on this camera. Like it was, it was game over, man. That's crazy. Dude, that is insane. I, I mean that. I mean, so like, I, I, like I'm very similar to you. I'm like a really spiritual person. I'm not huge into religion, but like, when you're open to the universe providing you with like signs and sort of like points in the right direction, like I think good things happen, right? So similarly, I lost my job in the middle of the pandemic in 2020 and I had really no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And I just packed my Jeep and I started driving around the country with my cameras and taking pictures and it dawned on me that this is what I need to be doing, right? Like that feeling that I got making art while I was on this trip was like filled me up, right? But like to have multiple instances where the universe is just really conspiring to tell you like, hey, Castro, this is what you need to be doing. Like, fuck yeah. all this other stuff. This is what you need to yeah. be doing. I mean, that's wild. I agree, bro. It was, uh, it's been, it's been an amazing journey. And um, I'm very, I'm very grateful, bro. I always say that photography kind of saved my life, you know, because I don't know what I, where I, honestly, I don't know where I would be right now if it wasn't for art and photography. And, and now, you know, I have so much respect for it. And um, I, I just love that the community that I found, you know, after Instagram and the community that I even built, like on my own Instagram page, has been an incredible support source. Like, I, you know, I was creating work, I think, at one point, and people were just really loving it. And they were always, you know, leaving positive feedback. And I loved it. We, we, we were able to build a sort of like, you know, this community and like the support was awesome. And, and then, um, yeah, I think that always carried on and I always had this kind of like weight on my, my shoulder where I have to create to make sure that, you know, I give people what they want. And I think a lot of artists have that pressure. And especially when social media started coming around, like I felt it even more, but I didn't want to lose myself in creating for somebody else. You know, I think this whole journey started really because I was being authentic to myself and my craft. And um, I wanted it to always represent my, represent who I am as a person. And um, I think that, you know, I still, I, I, I took a step back because I wanted to make sure that I was creating authentic work and it wasn't forced. And so I just decided to kind of like step back a little bit and just do 
other stuff as well, other stuff that I love, like, you know, painting and, and um, you know, film photography and like, not necessarily have to share it online, but just really be like, I like to sit on my work. I, I have a amount, a crazy amount of archives and like, I just sit there and like, I look through my old stuff. And now that, it, now that this NFT space is here, it's like, dude, it's even more exciting to go back through your archives and like try to formulate a collection or something like that you know like yeah it's exciting times man i'm just super inspired again is what i'm trying to say that's awesome and, uh, i'm, I'm yeah. uh, you mentioned pressure to create and sort of like pressure to perform and i find yeah. social media to be exhaustive at times because it's it's a time suck it's a it's an emotion suck it's like you're constantly comparing yourself to other people um when you look at your own work in relation to the other like people that are creating on instagram or twitter or you know, NFTs, et cetera. Do you ever doubt yourself? Do you ever struggle with imposter syndrome? Do you ever, you know, question your own abilities or confidence in, in, in the work that you create? No, 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 not, not the work that I create. I always look at people and I'm like, fuck, they're killing it. Like I got, I, if anything, it pushes me to be more of a, of a, you know, go getter, like go create, go do, go do the things. Cause I have a massive, I have a journal of like projects that I always want to shoot and like, I always check stuff off and I, I, that's my favorite part of checking off a project. And again, I have stuff that sits there where I created since 20, since the pandemic started where I haven't released, but I'm like, I'm satisfied with it because it's there. And it's like, you know, it's like I always say, man, it's okay to be a little selfish as an artist. Like you don't always got to put stuff out there, but there's two, there's two sides of the coin, right? Like one, you can miss out on an opportunity mm -hmm. of like, damn, if someone would have saw this earlier, like who knows the success you would have had. And then two, it could be that like somebody else created the same work that you had in mind and you thought that you were the person that, you know, made this whole project up. But I don't think that way. I think if anything, it's just like I do I do things for myself first and what I think is dope and what I feel is authentic. And then, you know, again, I am inspired by the people, though, that are, are pushing it hard, especially in the NFT space. I think if anything, it's like, man, it doesn't it, it's, like, it's super inspiring to see other artists winning because it's like that could be you, that could be us. Like, what are we doing though? Like, I feel like there's always little things that we can tweak out to be like a, a better version of yourself as an artist. And like some people, they, they you know, they're, they're lacking the, the hustle. Um, and again, like for me personally, like in real life, I've always been that kind of person of like pushing myself to get myself out there, knocking on doors, hitting up galleries. You know, that's always, that, oh, that's, that's me. Like, that's what I've always done. And now being here in the space, I feel like if I brought that energy into this space and it, all you got to do is just use like Twitter and like connect with people, like that's, you know, it's like, dude, that's so easy. It's yeah. easier. It's, it's easier. easier. It is easier. But, but it's also hard at the same time because everyone's doing it. You yeah. Know? Like, it also doesn't help that the market is rapidly deteriorating <laughs> on a hour by hour basis for sure. Well, can we talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know, man. I feel... I think maybe it's be it's probably better that I'm ignorant to like crypto. And mm -hmm. I, I know the very I'm like I'm like dude I'm like super beginner right. Yeah. I only know the basis like I can barely scratch the surface on crypto and if you ask me certain questions like I won't know. I'm, I, with, I'm being I'm with you on that as well. I am not extremely well versed in the crypto space and I think what makes it both a exciting and traumatic time in the space is that 
it corresponds with what was starting to be a really cool opportunity for to, for photographers, right? We had finally right. found sort of a space where we could be long and share our work and make money that was built outside of the traditional gallery scene, right? And the traditional right. gallery scene is an inherently difficult place to live, and it's an incredibly difficult place to become, you know, I'm going to use air quotes of a member, right? So, like, in order right. to get your work in a gallery, get a gallery show, sell work, like, th- these are all, like, it's not just straightforward whether you're good or not. It's, like, who do you know? Who yeah. who wants to support you? It's, like, it's, not, it's hard, right? And what was nice about the NFT space is as short as three months ago was there was no barrier to entry. You can open up an open C account. You can mint some fucking work and you could put a collection together and share it with the world. And if people saw it and liked it, they could buy it and you didn't have to go through a gallery and you didn't have to go through finding a curator who saw something in your work. It was you alone that was able to curate and create your own collection Right. The problem with that is that in the last six months, you know, the price of Ethereum has dropped by about, oh, gee, I don't know, about 65, 70%. And there are severe, you know, shaky points in the marketplace right now. Um, You know, people have lost millions of dollars, billions of dollars in crypto. That makes it now an inherently difficult space to get traction and make sales for because, like, say, for argument's sake, you used to sell a piece at one ETH and your collectors had millions of dollars in ETH. And they were like, cool, I can buy five of these pieces at, you know, an ETH each. But now ETH is, you know, 70% less. A lot of collectors have lost a lot of money. So they're proclivity for investing and purchasing has dried up. So what happens is when you're in a a bear market like we are in now, the money pulls out of these tertiary sort of investment places like crypto, right? They come out of places that are uh, not rock solid and they flee the market. So the, to me, I look at it as like, it's going to be rough out here for a while. No big deal. I'm not in it to make a living, right? I'm here just to have fun and fuck around and enjoy myself. Um, so it's inherently not the best time in the world, but you know, if you, if you look at it from a collecting perspective, I think there's tremendous value to purchasing and buying assets right now. If you buy my NFT for one NF, one Ethereum right now, and it's $1,100 and 18 months from now, it's back to three, $4,000, you know, a coin, a token, you've made a lot of money just inherently buying my piece now. Right. So there's a lot of there's a lot of weird shit that's going to go on in the next six yeah. months in the space. I mean, the stock market's fucking tumbling like a motherfucker, too. I mean, you look at yeah. fucking oil prices are going through the roof and commodity prices are going through the roof and inflation is crushing everyone across the board. We're, we're not in the best place as a society yeah. right now. I, but, I agree with that. I agree with that. But I like what you said, though, at the end. is like right now, if you're investing into into a, a NFT, that's one Ethereum, right? And right now it's 1100 bucks, And in three months, it jumps back up because... We don't know what the market's going to be like in three months, right? No can, idea. I mean, we've seen it fluctuate. Yeah. Well, it, 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 it hits a positive, and now you're sitting on a fucking gold mine that you invested when crypto was low. That, that's how I'm seeing it. I, that, I, see, it. I see it similarly. I Like, I, you know, for instance, I bought a couple photographs last week, a couple NFTs last week, and I think I paid like 0. 0.1, 0. 0.2, 0. 0.08. Like, I, I bought three or four pieces. And I look at it now and they're worth half as much as I paid for them. But I also look at them when I bought them as this is half as much as it would have been three months ago. 
Now, right. that's not always the best way to look at things, but my, right. I'm a glass half full person, and my belief is that Ethereum as a blockchain is not going to disappear. What will likely transpire is it's going to go another 20 to 30% lower, it'll level out, and then it'll slog around that leveling of around eight $900 a token for a few months, and then we'll start slowly seeing things pick back up. But again, right. it's just a, it's just a, 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 a you know a symptom of the fact that the greater economy is slowing. We're entering a recessionary period from a fiat money you know uh, monetary perspective, um, and it's just, this is just what happens. Like these ancillary investment places get fucked, and that's yeah. what's happening. Yeah, no, I agree, and I think that. But I feel like also like I come kind of from a little old school mentality where when shit gets hard, man, what do you do? You just keep going, right? Like you don't you don't have time to sit there and fucking complain and you know tweet about shit and like that's cool. I see it all the time, but it's okay to release frustration because I think we're all frustrated. But again, I I see it like more as an opportunity to continue to keep growing, putting yourself out there, explore the marketplaces. You know, I I mean I'm even seeing big hitters like asking like, hey, I want to buy some stuff right now, like market's low like what do you guys got mm-hmm. like play, people that i have never even seen tweet something like that they're like they're, ta- they're trying to open the doors so i think it could be a good opportunity but at the same time i, I understand all this frustration it's like it's tough especially if you're only you know making money on, on, like on selling nfts right yeah. now i think that's in in the current state of the world being a full-time nft photographer is an unrealistic uh job title to have you need to right. supplement that income in a dozen different ways before you could ever hope to or expect to be a full-time nft photographer there's probably a handful of them who have been able to make some life-changing money in the space but even they are going to struggle moving forward right even the extremely well collected photographers are going to have problems moving forward and it's just it's it's systemic i mean these are the things that happen when you have a bad market and that's okay I mean, at the end of the day, just like life, things go up and things go down and you will inevitably end up in a place that you're supposed to be, whether it's a good market or a bad market. I agree. Well said, bro. I, you, like, I, like, I like what you said. Thanks, man. You, you mentioned that like, you know, back in the day, one of your big dreams was cinematography. Do you have like a big uh, dream now, like something that you look forward to that you hope that you can accomplish in your either life or photography career or whatever it might be? Man, big dreams now. I definitely have. I, I definitely still dream very big, but and I think these are tangible dreams. So maybe they're goals, but I still see them as dreams because like I don't have them yet in my possession. Yeah. So I think like when you when you talk about art, I like. Of course, I would love to exhibit my work globally around the world, and I feel like that's when NFTs were super exciting for me. Oh yeah. Whereas like mm-hmm. you have the opportunity now, you just fucking submit a jpeg and it might end up somewhere in london yeah, no yeah. or you know you know and i think that's the beauty about it that's like what's most exciting for me in this space is that it gives you more definitely a bigger platform for sure um but apart from that everything is just kind of like and i want my businesses to flourish and i want to be successful in a sense where i want to be able to um focus on art full time and be able to support my you know, my dreams, having a gallery one day, physical, both physical and digital would be amazing. That's, that's a big dream of mine. Yeah. That's and awesome. I just continue, but I'm slowly doing that right now with, you know, with what I have at my disposal and being able to utilize that. Um, it may be in a different work in a different way, right? Like 
making my dreams come true, maybe in a smaller, like smaller way. I think it's, it's pretty cool. Like seeing the like, Tainted Magazine, where, where, where like where that's going right now, and I'm in the process of rebuilding the website. I'm launching the NFT platform, which is probably not the best time right now, of course, but could be the best time. It could be the best time, and I, I think I see it that way. It's like people are, are even saying, "Why did you launch your, your, you know, your 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 Genesis collection during this time?" But I felt again because I can come in at a good price of where I would, where I'm thinking my, you know, back three months ago, what zero point three three probably was, maybe close to like nine hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and now it's like half of that or even you know three hundred dollars something like that yeah but then when it goes back up my prices will at least be somewhere there and you know i think that it, it gives me an opportunity to come in at a, at a respectable price when where you, i would want yet when you initially dropped your collection and correct me if i'm wrong i think you sold like two or two three or four pieces right away right yeah i sold three pieces yeah what was that Within like Dude, that that's i mean again it's just like just putting yourself out there. I think I was I was definitely nervous for the first time in a long time because I haven't done anything like that since this NFT space launch. Um, I've been kind of like in a background, just kind of like, you know, listening in and being a student and then ripping that bandit up and being on the other side has been very cool to see like, you know, now we're talking about it. You know, now my project is live, it's, it's living out there. It's on a blockchain. Now people can see it and collect it if they want. I think that's exciting, man. Like I, yeah. I, I'm very, I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of it. And like, even if the market's fucking down, I don't care. I think it's, I think it's dope. And I think it's a good opportunity for people to, um, you know, look at other stuff that maybe they haven't seen on a blockchain. And I think that my stuff a little bit, it's a little different, you know, it's not like your average, maybe street photograph. It's like definitely more of a vibe. Like you feel something a little bit like, you know, mysterious. I had a favorite of mine. I, 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 forgive me i don't remember what it was called but it was like a guy and it wasn't the subway but it was like the metro sta- it was a metro station and it was yeah, like uh too. what was it See, that's my favorite too the guy with the hat yeah yeah that's that's one of my favorites um yeah. I, that that piece has been like that was going to be like the the cover of of like the collection mm-hmm. but then I, I i really love the police car as well yeah and i like eh, you know i'll just leave it that way that one's called night owl yeah, I love that photo. Um, talk talk to me about sort of like uh, that curation process because, you know, when I was creating my first collection, which I actually just burned like yesterday or the day before, um, what was that curation process like? Did you have fun with it? Was it like a stressful event? Like what was that sort of whole process like for you? It was crazy because I went I went back like, you know, seven, ten years in, in like my work and my archives. And like I started digging out moments where I felt like, very i could relate to the scenes that i was like documenting during that time it was like during a time where i felt like really i didn't have a home i you know my my i had really no family that i can live with here in la my mom was living in vegas i felt kind of like definitely alone i didn't really feel like i had a purpose and um i felt lost and i felt like a lot of these these uh these subjects in 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 these photographs are powerful and like but they also represent this sort of like lonely spirit like they feel kind of like they're searching for something as well and um a lot of the moments that i captured definitely embody that time for me as 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 a person you know and like it it was almost like we were all lost and searching for a purpose and um definitely like going through my archives i pulled out like a hundred photos and like i didn't know where to start but i wanted to start somewhere where it, it was an authentic representation of me as an artist 
and where my roots were, you know, what where, where, where I've grown my roots in like in photography. And um so yeah, I went back to this to get picking a hundred photos and narrowed them down to like a fifteen. Mm-hmm. So that was definitely a little bit stressful, but <laughs> I think I think I think they worked together well. That's awesome, man. I, I mean, anytime you put a collection together and you put yourself and your work and then share that work with the public, there is equal parts res- like relief that it's done. And then like now it's living out there and then you've like made some sales. So it's like validation that is a good collection, that the work is good, that there's value for it in the NFT space. It's like just like a so many emotions that go through all that. But at the end of the day, it's a net positive, right? You were able to create something on your own on uh, in a space that is going to be growing long term and is going to be a cool place in the future, and at the end of the day, that's all like a net positive. One hundred percent. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm like, I'm just super stoked to even be in a space, being able to have the opportunity to meet really awesome people, and, and I think that's what like, if I'm taking anything away from it, is that although the market's low right now, but dude, we've got a chance to really interact with really really amazing artists, people that we would have never even spoken to if it wasn't for this space. And you and I are here talking and like, I think that's, I think it's really dope, man. I think it's like, it doesn't get better than that, you know? At the end of the day, I don't care if I sell another NFT, the friends that I've made along the way, the conversations that I've had in the space, and just like the amazing people that I've been able to cultivate and bring into my life that will remain there for a long time is is and always will be the greatest takeaway from this space, right? I don't care if I make a lot of money. I don't care if I make zero money. But at the end of the day, those relationships and those people will always be paramount to whatever happens to me in my life. And I think that's that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, one hundred percent, bro. You you were you were talking about how like you know get, getting your voice out in in this pe- in some of these pieces, like talking about loneliness and like you were kind of sort of you know. As, as most of us were during the pandemic, trying to figure out their place and stuff. Um, talk to me about what it's like to identify your voice as an artist and like what you try to tell people with your work. Um, well, yeah, definitely. I feel like the reason why I started photography is I, I, I'm not so good at, you know, being a storyteller. I don't think I can really um, formulate what I really feel sometimes. And I feel like when I create work, it definitely it's a, it's a it's a language that I've learned to um, use and like be able to express what I really feel during those times. And so when you look at some of these works, I mean, you could just imagine yourself what the photographer might be feeling like. Like, why was he why was he in these dark moments? And do they represent? It was that exactly how the person might have felt during that time. And that's and that's kind of what I've used, I think, for me personally. Like, um, whether it's something cultured or if it's something that. Um, it's deeply saddening or documenting a moment of, of history where, you know, maybe there's disagreements in, in life with politics and all this other shit. Like I get to use that to tell my version of the story. And, and it's not always like, you know, again, it's not always, it doesn't always have to represent like a sad part of it, but unfortunately it's like, I'm only documenting the reality around me and the reality around my life. And um, it's not really always meant to tell like a sad story or like a, a pretty one. It's, it's just the truth. Mm-hmm. really and that's all i can really speak i can't i can't bullshit you yeah. know i can't lie. it's not really who i am i like that man i think at the end of the day like it is innately difficult to like uh be facetious or or not be authentically yourself in creating art whether it's painting whether it's photography whether it's music or whatever what you experience and how you experience it is is impossible almost to to not describe or show in your work. And and in that regard, I think you are incredibly successful because 
you can feel the emotion in your work. You can feel the stories that you're trying to tell without conveying words, right? Like you, you can get that from the images. And I think that's uh, what makes you a very powerful photographer and, and, and a great artist. Thank you. Um, Thank you, bro. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, no problem. Man. I like to spend the last bit of every podcast doing sort of like a rapid Q&A. Some of them are super easy, a little some of them are a little bit more in depth but my first question for you is are you happy yeah i'm very happy love that what's your favorite book goosebumps what is there a specific one or the whole series <laughs> the whole series i only like them because of because of cover as well yeah dude it's funny my uh well he's six now my six-year-old nephew is obsessed with goosebumps like obsessed and like all things halloween and his birthday was just last month and all he got for his birthday was halloween presents and it's fucking adorable <laughs> it's, i love it my mom's birthday is halloween so like anything halloween is my favorite oh i love that what's your favorite movie favorite movie man Man, I don't have a favorite movie. Movie I mean, or movies? You can give me one or two. Okay, one movie that I really love um, has to be like The Sandlot, of course. Oh fuck yeah! The Sandlot, Back to the Future, another one. Yeah, I love I love Titanic. Yeah, Titanic is one of my favorite movies. Um, fucking Whoop on Wall Street is sick. Taxi so Driver is amazing. Really good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. What's What's your favorite food? um favorite food i don't really have a favorite food but i really love i love mexican food of course mm -hmm. and i love puerto rican food as well okay uh desert island what's your last meal like you know the only thing you can eat every day for the rest of your life on a deserted island probably a uh tostada bowl okay fair enough do you believe in an afterlife somewhat but i've been questioning lately yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, uh, like, again, not much of a religious person, although I have had a priest on my podcast before. Um, I think about just, like, the grand scheme of, like, just the sheer improbability that we are here having this conversation today that we just actually exist in the physical world as just, like, preposterous, right? Like, I think yeah. it's, like, 400 billion to one just to be born. Like, that to me strikes me as something that is so highly unlikely and improbable that there has to be something after, right? They couldn't just be this. Um, so, that you know, that's sort of where I go with that. I hope so, man. I mean, I always question, like, are we gonna re are, are we really going to be remembered? You know, like, I remember, like, a couple weeks ago, my, my sister said that they were talking about me. And I was just thinking, like, to myself, like, how will we know when someone remembers us? You know, like, mm. if I didn't feel them talking about me, in the print of physical form like how would i know when i'm dead or when i'm gone that they're going to remember me that's a great question man i think um i think about that a lot too i think the my hope is that the way i treat people and my deeds here in the time that i'm here will leave a lasting memory of who and what i am and what i represent and you know if at the end of the day i'm missed and i'm uh, you know, for not forgotten, but like always wanted to be, you know, remembered. I think at the end of the day, that's, that's really all you can ask for. It's, you know, it's yeah. tough. I agree. I agree. And also it's about like being selfless in times where, Oh yeah. Like if I'm leaving this earth with memories, knowing that like, I love my family, I love my wife, I love my friends and I was always there for them. Like, I think that's enough, you know? And if, totally. if I'm not remembering, that's cool. Cause it's not a selfish, it's not a selfish act. It's more like, I remember them and I love them and that's just good enough, you know? I agree completely. Um, what are you most proud of? 
It's a hard question. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I immediately think about my family, of course. Yeah. But then I also immediately like think about my life and where I am and, you know, how I haven't given up and I just been kind of just following my, my, my dream and my purpose, you know, and like that's, continuing being that, real. That's a lot to be proud of. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, you answered that pretty easily for someone who thought it was hard. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best piece of advice someone's ever given you? The piece of advice that someone's given me. Um, I guess one one thing that I always think about and I can't stop saying is like, just be true to yourself, you know, like whether that's creating, being true to your, to what you're really saying, being true to your, to your friends. And I feel like that all has to do with karma, like good karma. And, you know, so yeah, just being, I just always being real, just keeping it 100, you know, like just being yourself and being authentic. That's, that's definitely like what I've always I love that, man. I, uh, I've been harping a lot lately of don't worry about the wreckage of the future, right? Like, so like whatever's going to be is going to be, and there's probably very little that I can do by way of, you know, impacting what's going to come in my life. And, uh, if you can stop worrying about what may or may not transpire, I think you can live with a lot more grace and and give yourself a lot more space to, uh, to live. Um, I agree. My last question for you is give me a recommendation for something that you've recently consumed could be a, a book, a podcast, a movie, a TV show, just something that you recently consumed that you would like everyone to check out. Hmm. Man, you're getting me with these questions, bro. <laughs> Mine is, I just finished a book called Man's Search for Meaning. Um, it is an immensely powerful, very haunting, very uh, turbulent uh, story and uh, I think something that anyone can learn quite a bit about humanity and overcoming tremendous adversity in life and it's impacted me quite quite tremendously yeah you know it's funny because I think it, for me it's like the opposite like I I'm consumed and I'm super inspired by an artist bad money he's a he's a he's a Puerto Rican uh, he's a reggaeton rapper uh, but he, man this guy I think he's just not scared to be him. He's not scared to put work out there that people might judge. He doesn't care. He puts himself out there. And I love that about him. I think that it's, it's super impactful in a way that we're both Latinos, you know, and like he just doesn't give a fuck yeah. really. He just has his middle fingers in the air. And it's like, you can love me or you can ride with me. And like, I, I really love that attitude that, that he, that he like really represents like the, the, the people that have dreams, the people that, might be immigrants coming to this country and like searching for better and like, you know, trying to chase their dreams. And I love that. Yeah. I mean, he's also creating a hell of a career for himself, just even outside of music. Right. He I means fucking doing everything these days. <laughs> yeah, he's about to be a superhero. I know it's crazy. Like it's, it's honestly crazy. He's like legit. He's transcending, you know, and I, I think a lot of that boils down to what he's been able to do with his music that it's, he, he is so relatable and so able to transcend just what he does from a music perspective that he's now doing a million amazing other things, which is just really fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, his album that he dropped recently is called the Un Verano Sin Ti. It's sick. Yeah. It's like, it has, it has so many elements of like, you know, just, just music and, and storytelling and, love and like 
just just real raw shit and i love that and i love that so i mean if yeah. anybody out there hasn't listened to Bad Bunny's album, I don't think there's very many people out there who haven't. <laughs> <laughs> but if you are one of the people who haven't, <laughs> please yeah, feel free to check it out. Uh, Castro, man, uh, dude, thank you so much for for coming on today. I know you've got a big move coming up this week, and you got a lot on your plate. Um, I'm I'm immensely appreciative that you've taken this hour out to uh, to come chat with me today. It's it's been an absolute pleasure for me. I have an immensely cheesy line. Uh, if you've been on my podcast, you're part of my family. And uh, yeah, man, thank you so much for coming on. And I'm just so 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 happy uh, and appreciative that uh, you gave me your time, John. Thank you, brother, for your time. I appreciate you, bro. You're you're my man. You're my bro. And um, anything I can do to support you and whoever's listening community, please reach out. I have Tainted Magazine um, where I, I've been in, you know, inspired by so many different artists. And my journey has been supporting other artists since 2018. And I've been curating this, this shit by myself. And um, I would love to hear from you guys. And, you know, let's connect. Um, my DMs are open. You can hit me up and uh, I would love to uh, support you. Thank you, guys. Oh, that's fucking awesome, man. Thanks so much for your time, and uh, take it easy. Thank you.